0: From the Edward Cardinal O'Brien Pastoral Center in Washington, D.C., home base for the Archdiocese for the Military Services USA, this is Catholic Military Life, a podcast of the Archdiocese. I'm your moderator, Taylor Henry. And for this edition, it's my great privilege to have as my guest, Will Peterson, founder and director of Modern Catholic Pilgrim. Will, welcome. Welcome.
1: Thanks, Taylor. It's great
0: to be with you. And you're joining us from the Twin Cities uh, in Minnesota. And the subject of our uh, podcast today is uh, the upcoming uh, National Eucharistic Pilgrimage, which is going to be staged in advance of the first National Eucharistic Congress in 83 years. That's coming up next year. Um, Will, tell us, what is the uh, National Eucharistic Pilgrimage, and how does it relate to the National Eucharistic Congress?
1: Yeah, great question, Taylor. So the National Eucharistic Pilgrimage is an initiative of the Congress with this idea that you know, the Congress there in Indianapolis in July of 2024 is this great Emmaus moment in the larger National Eucharistic revival movement of the three years of 2022 into 2025. It's this opportunity to uh, come together in prayer right there in Indianapolis and celebrate, as you say, for the first time in 83 years, a National Eucharistic Congress. So the uh, directors of the Congress had the great vision for, okay, well, you know, it's such an event, it's such a space, it's such a drawing, you know, source for us, why not make pilgrimage to it? And really especially engage, I mean, young people, families, you know, all sorts of of individuals in the work of the revival and the work of the Congress by doing a pilgrimage. So the National Eucharistic Pilgrimage will begin on Pentecost Sunday, May 19th, 2024, in four different kickoff locations the Marion route, they each have their own name, the Marion route out of the north will start at the headwaters of the Mississippi River, you know, just this great American uh, space in northern Minnesota and actually come through the Twin Cities where I reside. And then the Seton route, named for St. Elizabeth Ann Seton, will come out of the east. Now will actually start at the tomb of Blessed Michael McGivney and will come through D.C. where you're located uh, before heading west to Indianapolis. The southern route is the St. Juan Diego route and that starts in Brownsville, Texas and hugs the Gulf Coast before heading north and then finally the St. Crisogero Sierra route out of the west starts at the cathedral in the Archdiocese of San Francisco and you know it's covering a lot of ground makes its way east and so this is a chance for uh these there's been core groups of young adults, Catholic young adults ages 19 to 29, 12 of them on each route who will be walking with priest-chaplains, and doing Eucharistic procession, you know, traveling, stopping at different parishes, different cathedrals, shrines, other historical sites, and journeying over the course of two months to the Congress to take part in the Congress itself. So it's this opportunity for a movement to that moment there in Indianapolis of the larger National Eucharistic Revival movement.
0: And well, these pilgrimages actually proceed or travel all the way from those points of origin to the uh, side of the uh, Eucharistic Congress?
1: So they will. Now, they won't take, you know, won't be by foot every step of the way. They'll have support vehicles with them. And certainly, you know, coming from California, trying to get to Indianapolis while doing Eucharistic procession day by day uh, would take you maybe the whole year. So they do have support vehicles. There'll be some aspects of driving, but we envision that these groups will do 10 to 15 miles a day uh, in the most part as a a minor Eucharistic procession and just traveling through the United States to get to Indianapolis.
0: And I should mention the uh, U.S. uh, Conference of Catholic Bishops has approved the National Eucharistic Revival uh, as uh, uh, their response to a decline in belief among Catholics regarding a key tenet of the faith. That is the true presence of Christ in the Eucharist, right, Will?
1: Correct, yes. So the the bishops got together and, again, yes, identified this need for us to get maybe a little shot in the arm. And and I think there's also this sense that it was coming up from the grassroots as well. People were really begging for this revival, for this sense of, you know, there's something needed here. And so it's a great opportunity, right, for that encounter. And that's what we hope, the pilgrimage to the Congress, you know, and then the wider revival, right, that encounter with the risen Christ and the breaking of the bread. And that missioning. So we oftentimes related to that Road to Emmaus passage in Luke's Gospel, where the disciples walked with Christ, but didn't recognize him as the risen Christ until they broke bread together, and their hearts had been set on fire and praying with him, talking with him, sharing that Eucharistic meal. And they immediately ran the seven miles back to Jerusalem to spread the good news. So it's our hope that people who take part in the pilgrimage, and even if it's, you know, even if you're not one of those twelve who walked the whole two months, you could join for a mile long procession after a Tuesday morning mass you know, uh, again, along the Gulf Gulf Coast there. Or you can join them uh, for a full 10-mile day in Wisconsin on that Marion route. Or you could attend an evening event at a parish along the route, uh, you know, and and hear uh, a great testimony from a pilgrim, praise and worship, you know, time for adoration. And then, of course, uh, you know, there's just that sense of attending, like, a Sunday major solemn procession in one of the cities that we stop out along each route as well. So there's a bunch of different ways for people to engage and encounter the risen Christ and that breaking of the bread, and then be missioned is really the goal.
0: Okay, so you're talking four core groups of 12, correct? Correct. And uh, they will uh, set out for uh, Indianapolis, uh, which will be the site of the uh, July 17th to 21st, 2024 eucharistic congress and these groups will set out the weekend of pentecost may 17th may 19th 2024 so about two months uh, right yes and uh, and and other folks can join partially along the way
1: correct yes people we want people it's accessible we want people to be able to join up and, and take part in different ways and there's even a component right now so we have a website that launched last week Uh, So I'm talking to you now on May 23rd. So on May 17th, the Feast of St. Paschal Bailon, who's the patron saint of Eucharistic Congresses, we launched a standalone website for the pilgrimage, so eucharisticpilgrimage.org. And even already right now on there, people can actually plan their own self-led Eucharistic pilgrimages where you can get your family together and go to your local cathedral for Mass. You know, have a special intention that you offer up when you receive Communion. Uh, parish groups can get together and visit different shrines for adoration and such. So we want, to, again, people to be able to engage in so many different ways so that, uh, you know, we can all take part in this work of the revival.
0: Are, is there room for military Catholics on these pilgrimages?
1: Yes, so we're excited. Again, as we cover so much ground, uh, we know that just at various points we'll be getting near some of our military installations and bases and, you know, made mention about coming through D.C. earlier where, you are you know, you're housed. And uh, so we really hope that people can uh, get off base uh, as, as possible to join us for a Sunday mass and solemn procession in the city near them or, again, hopefully parishes that go near some of these bases. Uh, to have you know join for the meal and fellowship at the parish in the evening, or take part in a day of walking. But definitely want military families to be able to take part as they can.
0: How does one register to take part in the pilgrimage?
1: So we're still we we have our event management system and the digital platform. But what we're still working on is the actual you know details of the events of every day along each route. So each route having I mean, those sixty days, we've so two hundred and forty days total of like, okay, you know, where are we starting? Where are we concluding? So we have the cities already identified for the weekends along each route, and those are present on the website. But the registration itself, we likely won't have really like a public calendar for that until the fall, I would say, uh, for an opportunity. I mean, it's all going to be free to take part in any of this stuff, but we'll just want people to register so we can track numbers, you know, get people to sign the electronic waivers, those types of things. But I would say the fall is what we're aiming for, for uh, nailing down the actual details of the events in each each diocese which we travel.
0: Now, let me ask you this. What is a perpetual pilgrim?
1: So those are those uh, twelve core team pilgrims, those uh, young adult Catholics, ages 19 to 29. We thought it'd just be a, a nice name because there'd be so many pilgrims taking out, taking part throughout the two months. But they're the ones who are perpetually on that road. And I, you know, I guess that is like a part of the charism of being Catholic, is we're all perpetually pilgrim on this world, right? You know, our our goal is the heavenly Jerusalem. So, uh, but we've decided to use that moniker, if you will, for those. 12 young adults on
0: each route. You're listening to Catholic Military Life, a podcast of the Archdiocese for the Military Services. And our guest today is Will Peterson, founder and director of Modern Catholic Pilgrim. And Will is also director of the National Eucharistic Pilgrimage coming up next year. Uh, Will, what is Modern Catholic Pilgrim?
1: Sure, great. Thanks for asking, Taylor. So it's a Catholic nonprofit organization. Uh, that I founded, oh gosh, well we've been doing pilgrimage since 2017. We became a nonprofit just about five years ago, and the mission is to deepen faith and build community across the United States through walk to pilgrimage. And you know, obviously a Catholic walk to pilgrimage. So uh, we've just found, you know, I found in my own personal experience of making pilgrimage, and then and working especially with other young adults uh, throughout the last couple of years, that walk to pilgrimage is just such a great way. Uh, you know, we, one of our last uh, talking points uh, before this question was about that spiritual pilgrimage that we're all on. But to better understand that spiritual pilgrimage, you know, I, yeah, really, I walk it, too, you know, <laughs> and experience what it means to get those blisters and, and to, like, have that purposeful goal that you're traveling to, that point on the horizon, which I think a lot of our military families can uh, understand that purpose-driven and that and getting out and actually doing it. So. Uh, We've been trying to do that, just putting together, watch pilgrimages, uh, multi-day ones for young adults, for example, between the missions in California, uh, one-day pilgrimages, working with dioceses or parishes or ministries or religious orders or schools or some combination thereof. And every May we encourage people to make their own pilgrimage for Mary, right where they are. But just helping, you know, pilgrimage is one of our oldest forms of prayer in, in the Catholic tradition, but there's such a select few who can, you know, take the time to get to the Vatican in Rome on pilgrimage, or go to the Holy Land on pilgrimage, or some people might be familiar with the Camino de Santiago in Spain, where people will take months to walk it. Well, we don't all necessarily have that access to those experiences, but it's still good for us to practice pilgrimage Uh, so we want and also we want to acknowledge that there's great places to go on pilgrimage to here in the united states as well you know we don't have to go to these other places to dive into our faith
0: the national eucharistic pilgrimage is scheduled to start as we said may 17th to may 19th that's the weekend of pentecost next year now we're good ways ahead of that uh how far ahead of time do you need to have your perpetual pilgrims named and is there any training involved
1: yeah, great question. So we are launching the application this summer. Uh, we just the timing. We knew that you know if you're going to take a two month stretch and it's going to be that May to July. Likely, we're looking at a lot of college students or those you know who are in school or in that type of space where. Uh, they they have that summer period off, and, uh, and uh, you know, most students don't know what they're doing next week, much less, you know, a couple of months down the way. But So the application will go live this summer, and we'll accept applications into the early fall and then do interviews, and, uh, you know, our goal is to pinpoint those 48 Perpetual Pilgrims uh, certainly by the end of, of 2023 because we, yes, do intend to have them receive some training, some formation, in the first couple months of 2024 so some of it is that basic stuff of, you know, how do you handle a blister and you know, <laughs> make sure you wear your sunscreen, right? And then some of it though is we're excited to make sure we have opportunities for them to dive in apologetics around, you know, the blessed sacrament and the real presence to talk through what it means to give a good testimony in front of a parish community, to build relationship with each other. So that will take a couple months there before they kick off in May. Yes, definitely want to make sure and then you know, we'll have people who are pastoral supporters of them throughout each journey as well.
0: So you'll sift through applications and choose which candidates you want to take part. What qualifications will you be looking for?
1: Yeah, so, I mean, clearly a, a deep love for for the Church and for the Eucharist, uh, you know, is going to really uh, be a major aspect of it, and someone who can demonstrate an understanding of what it means to be on, on the road and uh, for two months and, to, and you know, put foot to pavement every day. Uh, and someone who demonstrates that maturity of being in, uh, you know, I wouldn't call it like high stress, but just, you know, it's a, it's a, uh, a heightened experience for two months. And uh, so that missionary spirit. And then, uh, we just we want to reflect our our local churches, our universal church, and just make sure that it's something that's accessible uh, to you know any young adult who has that desire to take part.
0: Will there be any charge, uh, any cost to the perpetual pilgrim?
1: So there's uh, this idea of potentially some fundraising aspects, just as they're walking and the such, but. Uh, You know, not necessarily like a fee to take part.
0: I see. And uh, you you mentioned that some of it will be walking, some traveling by car. uh, Any other modes of transportation that you're considering?
1: (laughs) That's a great question. I almost forgot. Uh, For whatever reason, it has become uh, something that's come up on a few different routes, this idea of Eucharistic procession by boat. So actually the Diocese of Sacramento in Northern California – the, so the, their name, that town, and that diocese of Sacramento is named for the Sacramento River, which of course is named for the Blessed Sacrament. So Bishop Soto there identified, well, it would make sense to then process on the river, named for the Blessed Sacrament. So there's a, a plan right now for a procession by boat up the river for a couple of days. And actually, there's an exploration of an idea in New York uh, to take a boat out to Ellis Island and to pray in Thanksgiving for the faith that you know that the you know our immigrant faith uh, that was brought to these shores from uh, from abroad. So, and I, I know that there's uh, processions each year uh, along the Gulf Coast, uh, as well as through the swamps, uh, and I think there's some interest in, in making that happen there as well. So uh, not quite plain train, automobile, but car and boat and, and by foot, yeah.
0: Well, one thinks of Jesus on in the boat with the apostles on the Sea of Galilee. Mm. Yes. So uh, describe a typical day on pilgrimage.
1: Sure. So the, I'll just give you a week. A week in the life is like, like what we like to say, and it's a very general sense because one of the beautiful aspects of what was determined by the National Eucharistic Congress team who are in charge of the overarching vision and direction of the pilgrimage as an initiative of the Congress, and then I and I, my team at Lauren Catholic Pilgrim, we're really working on the logistics of making that vision into reality. Uh, so one of the uh, visionary aspects was we want to make sure we engage, we're really truly engaging with the local church. And through the four routes combined, I think we're walking through about 65 dioceses is the plan right now. And uh, so each diocese has its own local flavor, you know, and we're engaging with that, uh, which we're excited about. We have a diocesan point person in each diocese to which we travel uh, to make sure we're working in concert with them about what that diocese needs wants out of this pilgrimage aspect of the revival. So, uh, so this is a very general sense, and it's going to look different in each diocese. But generally, right uh, on a weekend, we are in a city, uh, and so on that Sunday we would go to Mass at the cathedral or some other local parish identified uh, in, in collaboration with the diocese, and then have a, a major solemn procession akin to Corpus Christi processions that you'll see at parishes and in dioceses uh, you know, uh, in June each year. So do that post-Mass, invite the whole local church to take part in that. And then the perpetual pilgrims who are accompanied by a priest chaplain at all times, so these are priests who give a week or two weeks at a time, or even, you know, if we can get them for three weeks on a route to be, you know, celebrated Mass, to obviously lead Eucharistic procession, because you need a priest or deacon to do that, Um, you know, hearing confessions, being a spiritual companion to those perpetual pilgrims. So the perpetual pilgrims and the priest chaplain or chaplains would then set out Sunday evening to really start their week, and they'd stay at a parish or at a retreat center, monastery, you know, what have you for the night, and then Monday, you know, right, the Mass being the central point of this whole experience, almost always starting in the morning with Mass at a local worshiping community, inviting the public to take part, and then do a a, a solemn procession of maybe about a mile or a little less, just depends on good stopping points, and inviting the local community to take part in that. And then that part would conclude uh, you know, in, in prayer, and we would send people back to the parish or you know wherever we started, and allow them to reflect on their experience. And those perpetual pilgrims, and priest chaplains, would then continue on into the day. And we call it the Eucharistic caravan. You know, is, is moving forward, and there'll be segments along each route. You know, during each week, we're doing as much as we can to make sure people can sign up to then join for that 10 to 15 mile day. You know, stop for lunch somewhere along the road, get to the next parish or whatever the stopping point, shrine, etc bind posts, make sure that part's all arranged. So stopping for uh, adoration, praise and worship, pilgrim testimony, the such, you know, fellowship a meal in the evening, and that's, so that's on Monday through Friday, doing that each day. And then we get to that next city on the Friday evening, and, uh, you know, come into the city and wherever they're staying, you know, get the pilgrim set up. And then Saturdays, right, you know, th- this is... Uh, we talk about the Corpus Christi, right, you know, the body of Christ, well, the body of Christ, you know, present, the real presence in the Eucharist, and then Christ, you know, present in in others, you know, our brothers and sisters who maybe are uh, marginalized, vulnerable. So each Saturday along each route, the perpetual pilgrims will do, uh, you know, a corporal work of mercy service project uh, in collaboration with the local diocese where they find themselves that weekend, and then we're back into that next Sunday, you know, repeating. So again, that that's a general week in the life for the pilgrims, and uh, but each diocese has its own local flavor. As made mention already, with you know, the example of Sacramento going by boat for multiple days.
0: I'm talking to Will Peterson, founder and director of the nonprofit group Modern Catholic Pilgrim, a group that is putting on the uh, 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 National Eucharistic Pilgrimage, uh, which begins. Uh, uh, next year, uh, in May, the week of uh, weekend of Pentecost, uh, and uh, that's May seventeenth to May nineteenth, twenty twenty four, and uh, leading up to the uh, July seventeenth, twenty first, twenty twenty four, National Eucharistic Congress in Indianapolis. All four groups of this pilgrimage will converge on uh, Indianapolis in time for the Congress. Um, Will, tell me a little about your background. What inspired you to get involved in uh, staging pilgrims like this? Uh, when did you form Modern Catholic Pilgrim? Uh, how many pilgrimages have you done, and how did it come about that uh, uh, you uh, decided to uh, stage this particular pilgrimage?
1: Yeah, thanks for the question. So I'll, I'll go to the first one of the inspiration for me was uh, you know born and raised Catholic and I had never been on pilgrimage in the first 20 years of my life, and I was uh, studying in college and had the opportunity to go on pilgrimage uh, to Rome for Pope Francis' first Easter, and it was an Easter trium pilgrimage for pilgrimage through my campus ministry of my school, and I encountered the Holy Spirit on that in a way I never had before. I stepped into the streets of Rome to head to the Vatican that Easter Sunday for the Mass, I was like, I had lightning shooting at my fingertips. And I just knew, I was like, that's not me. you know. So that stuck with me. That really did, of like, well, gosh, I haven't experienced the Holy Spirit like that before, and I also have never been on pilgrimage before. So that that stayed with me. I graduated, I taught for a couple of years in Catholic schools. By just kind of coming back to this idea of, you know, pilgrimage and hospitality. So in March of 2017, uh, a good, dear friend of mine from college, he and I, uh, you know, I like call my co-founder, David Cable, he and I, set out from Lexington, Kentucky, where I lived at the time. We walked four days, 75 miles to the Abbey of Gethsemane, which is a Trappist Monastery in central Kentucky. And we stayed with hosts from parishes along the way and just had such a wonderful experience on that journey that we said, well, gosh, this could be a good thing to carry forward. So, uh, like I mentioned, getting, uh, getting young adults on pilgrimage between the missions to California, starting to do some one-day ones, but uh, gosh, you know, uh, the numbers we've done... Well, the ones that we have, like, led ourselves, you know, it's dozens at this point for multi-days. But then, like I made mention earlier, like, this Pilgrims for Mary and other ways in which we've encouraged people to make their own pilgrimages. Then we get into the hundreds where people have made pilgrimage using resources. Again, for us, it's all about making walk pilgrimage accessible. Uh, so, you know, free and easy resources, helping to understand how they can become pilgrims right in their own communities and don't necessarily have to travel to far-flung, exotic locales to do it.
0: I hear you. Now, you uh, say you taught. What did you teach in Catholic schools?
1: So I, uh, for my first couple years, I was a high school English teacher at a, a Catholic high school in Memphis, Tennessee, and then I taught for a couple more years in San Diego, where I'm from originally. Uh, I was a junior high English and religion teacher there uh, for a couple of years. So I, I come from a, a literary background.
0: Very, uh, very good. I, I was an English major myself, so I can relate. Also a double major with philosophy as well at a Jesuit school. <laughs> so let me uh, ask. Yeah,
1: so you're, deep, you're deep thinking, so I'm out of my element here. <laughs>
0: so will peterson let me ask you this uh how important is it in the last few minutes we have to talk about this uh, how important is it that catholics understand and celebrate and and reverence the true presence of christ in the eucharist
1: well i mean right it's it's essential we think right we talk about the mass as our source and summit and what happens at the mass right it is that encounter with the Eucharist, encounter with Christ in the body and blood, you know, full divinity in the Eucharist. So, uh, you know, I don't know how we could do anything without it. And it's great to have it confirmed for us in Scripture. And that's where I, it was such a, a fit for us to line up with the National Eucharistic Congress on this idea of the National Eucharistic pilgrimage, because we love that, that Emmaus passage in Luke's Gospel, because, right, we are all like those disciples. We've got hurts on our hearts. We're confused. We need to set out, and we encounter Christ. Christ is present to us, but we don't always see him. And he, he works in our hearts, and he really lights that fire even before we know what he's doing. But it's in the breaking of the bread, in that Eucharistic meal, that we see him in his risen glory, and we can actually recognize what he, work he's already done, and then go back, right, set on fire and, and change, and change our, ourselves, change our local communities, and right, those minor changes then that, that, that spreads out and, and creates this uh, national, you know, societal transformation that uh, could not happen without that, that Eucharist.
0: And, of course, uh, the true presence of Christ in the Eucharist is a huge part of what distinguishes our Catholic faith from other belief systems, Correct.
1: Correct. Exactly. Right. You don't really find it quite in the same way just about anywhere else.
0: Okay. So someone who's really enthused about this or maybe just merely interested but would like to explore it further, what can they do now? We're uh, about a year out. What should uh, a person who would like to take part in one of the, in this pilgrimage do now?
1: So I would say visit the website org. Take a look at what route. Is closest to where you live. Get a sense. You'll get those weekend dates and so you can see if you're near one of those cities. And then, you know, if you're between them, you can get a sense of, okay, well, they're probably coming through this stretch during this week. Um, And you can sign up for email updates to keep informed. And, of course, then we can let you know when the calendar really goes public and you can start actually registering to attend events, Uh, again, hopefully by this fall. Uh, as we approach the the outset of the pilgrimage. And again, those who are Catholic young adults, or if you know a Catholic young adult and you're listening to this, and you know someone who might be interested, they can contact the email address is hello at eucharisticpilgrimage.org and just say, hey, let me know when when that application goes live this summer uh, to apply, because you know, it was funny, Taylor, I was describing, you asked me to describe what we're looking for in these uh, perpetual pilgrims, and I was realizing, I was like, well, I think that a lot of these military families would have some high-caliber uh, uh, candidates. For, I, I for would that. think
0: well, so, yeah, for sure. <laughs> uh, and, and you, for one thing, you can going to have to be in shape, right? Uh, to, <laughs>
1: right, exactly. Uh,
0: so, uh, all right. Well, uh, Will Peterson, founder and director of Modern Catholic Pilgrim, uh, sponsoring the National Eucharistic Pilgrimage uh, coming up next year, uh, the weekend of Pentecost, uh, which is uh, uh, May 17th through May 19th. Uh, the pilgrimage will begin from four points across the United States and proceed for about two months uh, 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 and uh, uh, reaching uh, uh, Indianapolis in time for the uh, July 17th to 21st. Uh, National Eucharistic Congress. Um, Will Peterson, thank you so much for talking to me today, today and a very best of, of luck uh, in organizing this pilgrimage, and may
1: God bless you. Thank you, Taylor. Thank you so much for having me on, and, and uh, my prayers go out to all of our military families. Uh, around the country and around the world. Thank you for the work you guys are
0: doing. Catholic Military Life is a podcast of the Archdiocese for the Military Services USA, erected by Pope St. John Paul II in 1985 to provide for the free exercise of Catholic faith in the U.S. military, VA medical centers, and the government civilian workforce beyond U.S. borders. 1.8 million American Catholics worldwide depend on the Archdiocese and its endorsed chaplains for pastoral care. For more information, visit millarch.org. The Archdiocese for 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 the Military Services USA, Serving Those Who Serve.